Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time, back to football time, winter weather's here time, wonder if the Gators like snow time, geographically speaking, they normally don't time, whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast, Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a, a snowy snowy Monday afternoon here in Knoxville, Tennessee, late afternoon, probably going to drop this late, late afternoon, early, early evening, and uh, old man winter is here, at least for a little bit, guys, there's uh, some winter weather going on outside right now, not sure how much is going to stick, but uh, it's still interesting that it's Florida week and Knoxville, Tennessee, and there's a little bit of snow on the ground, it's uh, it's interesting, people talked about wanting to, to see this for a Florida-Tennessee game, well, we we might be seeing it this week. Who knows? Got plenty to discuss on this episode. Let's go to an undisclosed location now somewhere in the 865 area code and go to the one, the only Patrick Brown, the Go Vols 24-7 Tennessee football beat writer extraordinaire. Pat, what's up, man? How much? Just uh, trying to get back into game week mode. It's It's been it's been so like choppy, right? Because yeah. you think you have a game and then you don't. You get like one or two days into like game week content things of that nature and then it's like nope and then you have a saturday where you're like i don't know what to do with my hands and you kind of like it but you also know not to get too excited about it because it's just that one week and then it turns out to be two and it's just kind of like i did have a good thanksgiving weekend though i enjoyed it that that is good to hear that is good to hear did you everyone out there did as well did, did you enjoy undisclosed food um at an undisclosed location with undisclosed people was it was it everything you wanted it to be Yes, it was. That's awesome. It's good to hear, man. Uh, We got lots to discuss on this episode. Very clearly, we're not just going to talk about the weather for 45 minutes, although that would be sort of entertaining. Uh, Pat, we did hear from Tennessee football coach Jeremy Pruitt on Monday. Heard a lot of interesting things. We'll go over a lot of that stuff here in the first segment. Then we'll talk a little bit more, perhaps, about the game itself going into the the second segment of this podcast. But, But first off, Jeremy Pruitt did confirm on Monday that Tennessee had zero positive tests over the weekend. That's good because the Vols uh, had thank, uh, a little bit of a Thanksgiving break, not not too much of one, but uh, I think they were able to do the right things clearly during that break because they came back and they had zero uh, positive tests after that. However, uh, there are still uh, some effects lingering from last week's test. Two players on the team tested positive, and there are, I believe – Here's what I'm a little bit lost, Pat. I'm not sure if it's two players who tested positive and then 16 more who have been in contact tracing uh, protocol isolation or if it's like 16 total. That's what I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it's 16 or 18, but the bottom line is 
right now uh, there will be more than a dozen Tennessee football players who look like they'll be eligible to play in this game, but after not practicing for two weeks, and we know one of them is a quarterback, we don't know which one, um, but there is speculation out there that it would be QB2, the the starter. We will see about that, but uh, there's a lot of interesting things going on right now. Yeah, it's um, – and Tennessee last week didn't really – they kind of practiced, but not really – uh walkthroughs is kind of how jeremy pruitt described it uh i know they practiced on saturday they did not practice on sunday i assume they were doing uh some more practice like preparations on monday um but yeah just due to the number of guys that are out whether it's 16 whether it's 16 plus two um from what from what i've heard that two that have tested positive are defensive starters so they they could have a couple new guys in the starting lineup on that side of the ball yeah i heard both um, i heard both were defensive players but um i that at least one of them was a starter if you've heard two are starters that's 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 more than i've heard well maybe don't maybe we should be on the same team here and not contradict each other no 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 but i mean we both i'm just messing i'm just we, messing we, um, we both know it's two significant defensive contributors we know that much. correct correct uh and uh and and from what i and from what we've heard uh too not just myself but also uh talking with grant ramey who is not here uh and is not totally useless but most of the time is useless yeah let's be um, let's be honest 50 50 it sounds like multiple starters on both sides of the ball are caught up in the contact tracing group and it's multiple positions yes i can um, i can confirm that too <clears throat> there was a question uh, on the checkerboard on Monday, checkerboard is a uh, is a great message board, probably the greatest message board in the internet. Probably all about uh, the internet. Minutes. Yeah. Um, and so I, I don't want to steal your line. Um, no, it's it's a company line. It's a team line. Th- there was a question about how close is Tennessee to potentially having to postpone the game. From an overall number standpoint, I don't think that they are too close to the minimum threshold, which is about what with fifty three scholarship players. Mm-hmm. Um, Tennessee, unlike some other teams in the league, namely LSU, Mississippi State, and even I think Vanderbilt too, um, uh, you know, their scholarship numbers are already kind of diminished anyway for various reasons for opt-outs. And, you know, LSU had half their team into the draft and uh, Mississippi State ran off half their team um, because of the coaching change, all those things. Um, The, uh, I I don't think Tennessee is as close to the 53 number as, as some other teams would be if they had 16 to 18 guys out. Um, but you never know. I mean, they still have two more rounds of testing. I don't think there are any positions that are dangerously close to the minimum threshold, but it, you know, it could take one or two positive tests from these next two rounds of testing and then boom, right there. I mean, that, that's how it, it's kind of fine margins um, with this stuff because, you know, we've seen teams that have had to postpone two games because of two and three positive tests. So it's not like it takes a whole lot. Um, but there are a couple of positions where uh, Tennessee could be, uh, if these if they don't get some of these guys back, could be very depleted, um, and, and at the least could have uh, new guys in the starting lineup. Now, um, there are some guys who might get out of quarantine Friday or Saturday, and they could play. Um, and, and we've seen that before. Tennessee had that situation, I think, early in the season. Uh, really, in the South Carolina game, there were two guys that Pruitt mentioned on Monday. I think Jalen McCullough came out the day of. Yeah, and we saw the effects of that. There was uh, some was, rust there. They kind of threw him in there in the second at safety in the second half because uh, they were kind of struggling to, to cover Shy Smith. They needed to move some guys around. Um, actually, I think they had to move Bryce Thompson back to corner because he was playing safety. So they put McCullough in there in the, in the fourth quarter, and he looked really rusty. 
Um, Warren Burrell is another guy. I think he came out of quarantine the day before the South Carolina game, uh, but he only played maybe like three or four snaps that game. It was, he, he, he didn't play very much. Um, and, and, then, and and you see with him, Pat, how how long it's taken him to really get himself back into the mix yeah. and playing good football. I mean, be, people forget about this stuff. Everyone reacts to it differently. Warren Burrell has in the past two or three weeks finally started looking like himself a little bit again and playing better football, and it's taken him that long to kind of get back in the groove. Yeah, he 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 came in uh, in the second half of the Arkansas game when Kenneth George was struggling uh, against the Razorbacks, and uh, Burrell had a, a pass interference penalty that I, I thought was was good tight coverage. Um, it was a lot less egregious uh, of the passing of a of a pass interference penalty than the one that they didn't call on Tennessee's fourth down later in that game, where the defensive back got there ages early. Yes, uh, and hit Jalen Hyatt in the back, but uh, that's neither here nor there. But Burrell, I thought he's you know I thought he played decently against Auburn, um, and starting that game with with George on the sideline and with Alante Taylor sort of limited with his hamstring injury. So, um, yeah, that that's another example. Another good preseason preseason example is Juan A. Morris who was in quarantine, came back out for one or two practices, went back into quarantine. You know, he missed, what, literally 28 days of practice right before the season. He still played against South Carolina, and I think did okay. I think I think Wanya's played better over the course of the season, mm-hmm. um, especially maybe the past two games after he had some uh, some ups and downs earlier in the season against George and Kentucky and what have you. So, um, you know, th- there's some guys that still could play that are in quarantine that aren't going to practice this week, and, um, you know, guys that are in quarantine, as, as we know at this point, uh, it's not like they're just sitting in a room, you know, with the lights off and, and you know, sad music playing. I mean, they're, they're still involved. Um, they can work out, I think, as a group. Uh, the quarantine guys can work out together. Um, and, and they're still obviously participating virtually with team meetings and, and uh, position group meetings and, and all the installation and the game plan. They just can't get out there and actually get practice reps and, and won't have, you know, in some cases won't have taken practice reps over the past two weeks and then may, might play. So uh, some guys will probably be bit, be better prepared for it than others. Um, and maybe your more veteran players could, could potentially overcome not playing for two weeks and kind of adjust on the fly when they, when they get in the game. But um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's not ideal as Pruitt said on Monday. No. And let, let, let's kind of take some conjecture away here and let's go with facts that we know. And, and these are things that we know from speaking to people within the program and these are things we know based on what Jeremy Pruitt has said. So it's a combination of factors. But at the end of the day, here are the things that we know. Tennessee has at least two players tested positive last week. Both of those players are significant defensive contributors. Uh, one definitely a starter, perhaps both starters. But bottom line is, whether you're a starter or not, you're, you're either in the rotation or, or you're not. And, and these are two guys who, who play a big role for Tennessee. We also know that the total number of players that have been inside, in isolation is at least 16. Uh, and we know that because Jeremy Pruitt said that Monday. We know that, Pat, you've, you've heard this. You've talked to Grant. He has heard this. I've talked to people. I know this. I said going into last week's game, if Tennessee had to play a game, there would have been multiple starters on both sides of the ball who would not have been able to play. That much we do know. That's also a fact. And, and here's another fact. When Jeremy Pruitt was asked on Monday where his team has been able to improve uh, during some of these open dates, specifically last week, what did he say? He said, building depth. He said that's the one thing that they've done probably the best in the past week. So when you combine those four or five factors, you, you put them in a bowl, you mix it up, you stir it up, what do you get? It's pretty clear that a lot of Tennessee's key players are not available to practice right now. That's pretty clear. You put those four or five factors together and you come up with what's pretty obvious. If you were a detective, 
if you if you were Jake Peralta there looking at the looking at the board and you were putting things together, you would say probably in a really funny way, um, but you would say, listen, Tennessee's going to have some guys, big time contributors on both sides of the ball going into this game, who will be maybe available, um, but will have not have practiced for two weeks. So you look at what's going on now. You look at the way Florida is playing. And as soon as Kyle Pitts came back, Kyle Trask, again, looked like a Heisman favorite. Uh, And I would argue on top of that that maybe that's because Kyle Pitts is the guy who should be getting more discussion for the Heisman, but that's another topic for another day. Um, But that's probably – I have a vote, and that's maybe where I would go right now. But I think that the bottom line is Tennessee is struggling. Florida is playing really good football, competing for – uh, SEC, you know, about to wrap up the SEC East, going to have a chance against Alabama to win the SEC title, going to have a chance to get into the college football playoff. These things are going, these two programs going in very, very different directions right now. And what we know for Tennessee right now is this is a circle of the wagons moment because there's a lot of adversity now. There's a lot of negativity. Uh, there are three score underdogs on their own home field, which we thought going into this season would have only been possible against someone like Alabama, um, but that's not how this thing has gone. R- right now, Tennessee is is in a tough spot, Pat. And I don't want to say that there is no hope. I don't want to say opportunity is nowhere. Um, but you know, Pruitt was pretty pretty positive on Monday, uh, m- much more so than he was after the Auburn game. We can say, um, but you know, there's a challenge out for this team this week, and I think it's interesting. It'll be fascinating to me to see how they respond because at least one quarterback is not in the protocol, so there might be a new quarterback this week. Yeah, as you kind of alluded to, alluded to earlier, it kind of sounds like the quarterback in quarantine is is Jerry Antano, um, which might open the door for Harrison Bailey to start just because, um, and so. Uh, but Pruitt, Pruitt had good things to say about Bailey on Monday. And the most interesting thing he said to me was saying that, that Bailey has sort of improved his leadership presence. Um, and that's something that Pruitt really harps on. He, he he wants his quarterback to be sort of a guy that uh, other other guys in the offense can rally around and sort of raise the level of the play of the guys around him. You know, when a quarterback's struggling, it, you usually hear, oh, well, it's, you know, guys around him need to play better. And while that's true, Good quarterbacks, as we've seen with Kyle Trask, you know they they make the other players around him look better, right? Yeah. Um, and Florida has some good playmakers that, that we'll I'm sure we'll talk about in the next segment. But um, yeah, I mean I, I kind of mentioned this. You know Tennessee is um, I, I don't want to say they're playing out the string because you only get so many games and they all matter. They're all important, but uh, this is a chance for Tennessee to play spoiler role, uh, play spoiler down the stretch. Um, you, spite you got some good old spite. You've got Florida, who's, as you mentioned, is, is if they win on Saturday, um, they'll have wrapped up the SEC East. Um, and Florida's just trying to get to that game with Alabama, the SEC championship game. Florida still has everything in its own destiny. It's in its own hands. You know, if you, if you finish off one in the East, if you beat Alabama, you're in the playoff, and then you go from there. Yeah, um, if Florida wins every game it plays the rest of the season, it'll be the national champion. And if you stumble, and, and you know, even if they stumble, even if they were to lose Tennessee, they could you know, beat Alabama. You know, they could still win the East, beat Alabama, and probably still get in that way. But um, I, I don't know. Can you, could you really be in the playoffs if you lost to this Tennessee? No, I, don't I think know. if you have two losses and one of them is Tennessee in this season, I don't think you're going to get in. It, it's just a crapshoot, though, because who knows what's going to go on with Ohio State in that situation? And, and just, you know, do they finally throw a bone to a Cincinnati or somebody like that? I hope it, they don't it, if that happened, I think you could see like a Clemson and Notre Dame get in. I hope they don't throw BYU in there. 
because BYU has played nobody. Um, not not but, their uh, not their fault, but but a fact. Yeah, it is. Join a conference. Well, they've been trying to schedule games. Well, join a conference. <laughs> Notre Dame, you know, a pandemic forced them to join a conference. So, and look look where it's gotten them. Well, that's true, but the Pac-12 wasn't going to play for a while. So, how so are they, you know what I mean? It's, they're in a tough spot there. Now they're but, in a spot of their own making, but they're in a tough spot. But uh, but yeah, I mean, even Texas A&M, if if they beat uh, Auburn this week, and if they play Ole Miss before they play Tennessee, if they beat the, you know, if they win those two games, they'll have a you know. You know they'll have a claim, they'll have a shout to, hey, yeah. we should be in the playoff too. If if you're a one loss SEC team, they'll be going for style points. Um, and and uh, I, I wrote this this morning. If Tennessee were to win one of these those two games, uh, obviously they can't lose to Vanderbilt. Wait, let's get that out of the way. You lose to Vanderbilt if you're a Tennessee coach. Bad things happen. We've seen it with Derek Dooley. We've seen it with Butch Jones. Yes. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt already has one loss to Vanderbilt on his resume. Doesn't need to add a second even in a pandemic here. Uh, even this Vanderbilt, which is winless and fired its coach on Sunday, um, after getting it, housed by Mizzou. But but if you if you were to somehow pull off an upset in one of these two games, it it, it will change the tenor of your season. It won't correct all the wrongs. It won't mean you won't have more question marks to to answer in the off season. But um, it, it would be a, a nice way to salvage a season if Tennessee could play spoiler and beat Florida. Right? I mean, I think a lot of fans would. Uh, this fan base has been frustrated. They've been disappointed this season and 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 rightly so um i think some of the talk about changing coaches is a little bit out there um yeah you I, I, it flat wrong yeah. uh i don't know that i would say it's wrong i see why some people feel that way but um i i, I don't beat, what i said was i don't think it's foolish but it's flat wrong uh it, and yeah so it but it, you know you spoil florida's national championship hopes that's you know, that's pretty cool right if you're a tennessee fan you'd take that right now wouldn't you i mean and even, it, even with everything else that's gone on, it's a program that has given you so much grief for more than a quarter century now. And it's just, you know, how many seasons for Tennessee have been ruined by Florida? How many seasons that Tennessee's played can you look at a game against Florida and go, man, that just ruined the whole bleeping thing? And now you have a chance late in the season to, to do the same to them. Now that's it's a big challenge and we're getting ready to take a break and talk about that. But, but, you know, I wrote that. That's why I wrote the column. I think if you're Tennessee right now, you have two motivations, right? It, obviously if you're Pruitt, you want to keep winning to, to make things better for yourself and your future and your staff and everything. But if you're the players uh, right now, you are looking forward to, um, you know, going out there and playing some games. You know that if you're a senior, you can come back next year if you want to. Uh, but there's also another talented signing class coming in and, and maybe it'll be an, a regular off season finally for the guys who got here this year. So you're not going to be guaranteed anything, right? I mean, you, you just because you were a starter this year as a senior doesn't mean if you come back, you're going to be a starter. So you have you should have a lot of motivation to go out there and stake your claim uh, going forward, whether it's at Tennessee or it's somewhere else if you want to go as a grad transfer or whatever, you know, if you're eligible for that. That's the one thing. But the second thing, and this should be for everybody in the program, it's spite. It's spite. Florida toys with you, Tennessee. Florida – mocks you consistently florida fans have a field day with you some several florida players don't even consider tennessee a big rival anymore because that's that's you know the georgia game has gotten so big obviously they got florida state down there and tennessee is just a game they expect to win they play lsu every year now that's a big game you know they they don't these players they they don't think tennessee's a big rival They, they they don't circle the wagons for this game like you do if you're tennessee they laugh at you so what can you do well you can Go down to the ground where you are because you're not good right now. 
pick up a bunch of dirt and mud, throw it in their eyes. That's what you can do right now. You can go down there and you're in the mud and you can drag them down with you a little bit. That's your motivation. You can torment a team that has tormented you for years. And I got to tell you, if you are any kind of a competitor, if you have any kind of pride about you, that should bother you, right? I mean, Pat, if we had, you know, if we competed against a site that just was a behemoth and always beat us and did all the things like that, which which is not the case with us, but if that were the case, would that not drive us nuts? I mean, that would we would sit there and have meetings about what the hell can we do about this? We got to fix this. I mean, that's... You, you've got to, that's got to bother you, right? Like when my brother beats me at golf, it drives me insane. But th- this, well, if, if you're Tennessee and you're competitor, this has got to bother you, and you should at the very least stay motivated and stay hungry this week. Well, and even if you're, even if you're Tennessee, you've you got to be sick of losing by right now. You, 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 know, yeah. you don't go out there to, to lose five in a row. You don't go out there to lose to Kentucky and Arkansas and Auburn. You, know, you don't go out there to lose to anybody. You know, the, the players – and coaches and everybody in this program puts in far too much time and effort and in the player's case, blood, sweat, tears, all that stuff yeah. Oh yeah, to go out there and, and get beat every Saturday. You know, that you talk about pride. Um, you know, Tennessee hasn't won a game and it'll be close to two months. Right. And, and this was after they had gone uh, nearly a full calendar year without losing a game. So, uh, you know, Tennessee has been, and, and a lot of these players, of course, were here last season. So they've been on both ends of the spectrum and they know that, winning eight in a row feels a heck of a lot better than losing five in a row by double Um, digits. And so, you know, that, that should be your motivation enough for yourself. And if you're one of these, uh, if you're, if you're a guy that that's going to get an opportunity because the guy in front of you is, is in quarantine, I mean, what more motivation do you have to go out there and make a name for yourself, make something happen. If you're Harrison Bailey and you get to start this week, you, you can start your legend. If you go out there and beat Florida in your first start or even look good in the process. So, um, like you know, like Clawson coming off the bench, or Clawson starting against uh, Alabama as a freshman and making a bunch of plays. So I mean, yeah, he could, you know, in his case, he could go out there and, and really inject a lot of hope and energy into the program if he goes out there and plays well. I don't think Florida's defense is uh, as good as some of the other defenses that they've had down there. Not, but they're just okay uh, there. They're just okay. <laughs> but you've got you've got a lot of motivation, and if you're Tennessee, you have nothing to lose in this game. Pull off the trick plays, pull up the onside kick. You know, don't be stupid in some of your some of your gambles, but you know, if you've got something you've you've worked on and, and practiced for for two weeks and and you pick the right moment, let it rip. You know, you got nothing to lose. And, and the thing about games like this is, if you, know, you get this game in the fourth quarter, uh, how many times has Florida had a game in the fourth quarter this season? Right? I mean, not a lot. No, not a lot. I think all their uh, their wins during this this run has been, you know, they've been pretty comfortable in the fourth quarter. They've struggled a little bit in the first half. You know, Vanderbilt played with them. Kentucky was, I think, leading until they botched the end of the half there. Um, I don't know why Mike Stoops called a timeout, uh, uh, you know, to get the ball back there. That was that was some bad mismanagement. After he had managed the first half pretty much perfectly, it's yeah. about as good as you can do because you kept Florida on the sideline. But not his shining moment. And then um, the punt return was just one of the best punters in the country made a horrible mistake, and they paid for it. Yeah. So I mean, you, you know, if you can get the game in the fourth quarter, you never know. It's 2020. It's been a weird year. Uh, college football. A lot of things usually happen. I don't. I don't think Florida is necessarily on the level of Alabama, where it's like you're not going to beat them. Uh, but they're pretty daggum good, um, and if you're Tennessee, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to really bring it and hope some things go your way to to get the game in the fourth quarter. And then if you do that, go from there. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about this game with some matchups and some things, and we've already started a little bit, but but we're overdue for a break. We're gonna step away, pay some bills, uh, listen to product services, uh, in-house ads, other fun things, and we will be right back here on the Go Balls 24/7 podcast. 
Hashtag ad. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to the GoVols 24-7 podcast, brought to you by whatever products and services and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a, a, a snowy Monday afternoon here in Knoxville, Tennessee, in our beautiful mountain town from an undisclosed location elsewhere in the 865 area code in the Knox County area. We've got Patrick Brown, GoVols 24-7s. Tennessee, 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 Tennessee football beat writer. Got a lot of fun things to talk about here in this segment because a lot of challenges coming up for Tennessee in this game. Really quickly, though, I I will say a couple things. First off, guys, uh, this is – I'll mention this at the end, but right now this is – uh, one of the best deals that we've ever offered to GoVoss 24-7. If you go right now through the end of the day, you can get 75% off of an annual subscription. That is one of the best deals out there. It's Cyber Monday. We're not going to let you down. You know we were going to give you a good deal, and we've done that. So you've got until the end of the day, today, tonight, to go do that. So please go do that. Secondly, if you're listening to this podcast, we really, really appreciate it. The only other thing we're going to ask you to do is go in there and hit that subscribe button on this podcast, and please rate and review this podcast, whether it's Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, wherever you can cast a fine pod anywhere in the world, you can get the GoVols 24-7 podcast. And we do it for free, and we're happy to do it, but the one thing that we are going to ask in return is if you could go in there and rate and review it and hit the subscribe button. There's nothing you can do out there that would help us more than that. Uh, Tell your friends, tell your family, all those good things. Please go in there and do that also. Rate and review. Uh, we will do some maybe some giveaways later from that. We'll look for some some content for shows from that. Uh, just tell us what you think. We'd love a five-star rating, but uh, you know, be honest with us. Well, if we're going to be critical of others for a living, I think we can take it uh, ourselves when we get a little criticism. But hopefully you think it's great and uh, you'll give it five stars and we move on. Pat, talking about this, this upcoming game for Tennessee, the Vols playing – uh, the Florida Gators, the sixth-ranked, I believe, six in the AP poll, five in the coaches' poll. Coaches' poll is interesting because A&M and Florida both have one loss, and A&M beat Florida, and A&M is rated below Florida in that poll, which is interesting to me, but uh, nonetheless, that's what it is. Uh, going into this game, Tennessee is a three-score underdog for a reason. Uh, Florida has, on its offense, 
two guys who each individually could very well win the Heisman Trophy. I, I think Kyle Trask is probably leading, uh, according to most right now. Uh, he's tossed 34 touchdowns and three interceptions so far in eight games. He's throwing for 350-plus yards per game. Uh, the guy's a machine. Uh, he throws the ball on time, in rhythm, accurately, in stride, consistently. Uh, he keeps that offense moving, gets it in the right plays, and he can make some plays with his legs when you need him to. So, uh, he's been a great story. Uh, we don't need to rehash it, but this is a guy who wasn't the starter in high school even. Uh, had two offers, uh, one from Florida, one from a uh, Division II school uh, in Texas. So uh, it's a great story. And, and this guy, regardless of how you feel about Florida, this guy's been a great story and one of those things that, that tells kids to never give up. However, Kyle Trask might win the Heisman Trophy, but I think his teammate Kyle Pitts, the tight end, is the best player in college football that I have seen this season. Jeremy Pruitt said Kyle Pitts is the best tight end that he has ever uh, had the game plan against that he's ever faced as a coach. And when you think about the places he's been and the players he's seen, that is quite a compliment, uh, but one that I don't think you can sit there and dismiss out of hand because this guy, uh, to me, um, almost looks like Randy Moss out there, the plays that he's making. Uh, I mean, he, he. I'm trying to think. I was talking to Thomas Goldcamp, our Florida beat writer for 24-7, and, and he was asking kind of the last time that he can remember a, a guy who's caused so many matchup problems at the college level. And I would say maybe Randy Moss. I, I think that's – that's that's sort of what Kyle Pitts is doing to people. He's embarrassing safeties, corners, linebackers, whoever's trying to guard him. And he's become a better blocker, too. So uh, guy's a very good player. Uh, they've also got Kadarius Toney there on offense, who is a really, really dynamic, versatile senior wide receiver, six foot, can fly, uh, very, really shifty, plays with a lot of confidence. You could say uh, swagger. You could say arrogance. This kid, he knows he's good, and he'll tell you all about it. Uh, and they've got a couple of good running backs, uh, starting with with Pierce, the, the big kind of battering ram there. Pat, uh, on, on defense, and we'll talk about Florida's defense in a minute because I think Florida's just kind of average. They're not bad, but they're not great. They're just okay on that side of the ball. But offensively, uh, this is a machine, and this is this is very much a dynamic Dan Mullen offense. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough to uh, find how you're gonna how you're gonna stop them because. Um, they're, they're so good throwing the ball that they don't necessarily have to, to run the ball. And maybe that's why um, Florida hasn't maybe put some games away sooner uh, than, than they have, uh, especially these past couple of weeks where they kind of let Vandy hang around, but it wasn't really close. They kind of let Kentucky hang around, uh, but it wasn't really close. But um, you watch their running backs and their offensive line, and, and you know you have to respect that part of the game because – I think the running backs are well coached. They don't try to do too much. They don't try to bounce runs and make big plays. They're they're content to take a four or five yard run on on first and ten. Uh, they're stay, content to stay ahead of schedule. Yep. They're content to you know uh, you know get five six yards on second and three. So you know those guys they they have had some I think ball security issues. So I think if if you're Tennessee maybe you, you know when Florida runs the ball you you might be a little bit more aggressive in terms of trying to uh, start the lawnmower get the ball out um, because those guys have put the ball on the ground a couple times past. Uh, a couple of weeks. That was obviously one of the big reasons why they lost that Texas A&M game because they had a fumble in the fourth quarter and sort of get, uh, gifted A&M a short field. But uh, I, I don't, I don't know how Tennessee's going to stop Florida's offense. Um, uh, nobody stopped Kyle Pitts. He's got 11 touchdowns in six games. Um, he can, you know, cornerbacks can't cover him, linebackers can't cover him, safeties can't cover him. You know, he had a good game against Tennessee last season. Um, and so uh, you talk about the Heisman vote. Uh, I've got a Blitnikoff vote, and you know, it's supposed to be the best receiver right well i mean he he is the best receiver in the country as you know it's him and Devonte smith for me so uh even though he's quote unquote a tight end and so um yeah but they've got other guys you know Trayvon, you know trevon grimes is, is is a deep threat yep 
Uh, Kadarius Tony is really tough to tackle. He's you know a lot of yak yards with him this season. He is so um, he is so quick too, so quick. Yeah, really elusive. Uh, even you know even the guys that that filled in for for Pitts you know produced with uh, you know the Gamble kid and uh, Zipper. I think they both you know filled in really well, and Florida didn't really miss a beat without Kyle Pitts, which I think says a lot about uh, how good this offense is and how good Kyle Trask is playing. So. Um, it's going to be a tough matchup. You know, Tennessee's had all sorts of issues covering the middle of the field. They've had issues covering the tight end a lot this season. Um, I I don't know how they're going to, uh, you know, I don't know how they're going to defend some of these guys. I don't know what, what poison you pick because, um, you know, maybe you try to do what Kentucky did and and do a lot of rush four, rush three and and drop guys into zone coverage. Um, Yeah. That that seemed to work for about a half, but then it kind of didn't. So uh, it's, it's just, you know, I, I wouldn't, I would think I would not try to put my guys in a situation where you tell somebody, Hey, you have to go cover this guy one-on-one for 60 minutes. I think that's a tough ask for some of these guys. I don't know if Tennessee should do that, but um, that, that's not really their MO to play a lot of zone. So, um, and, and that, but you know, it, it's sort of, you're kind of damned if you do and damned if you don't, because if you play zone for nine plays and the 10th play, you go, man, that, that may be the play where you give a 40 yard touchdown. Yeah, I, you know, there are people, and Jeremy Pruitt's certainly one of them, who know significantly more about the X's and O's of football than me. With that said, I don't know a lot of defenses where you can blitz extra guys and still bracket a tight end. I don't know of any defenses that allow for that, uh, maybe with some secondary blitzes and other things. But, you know, normally if you are you think about where a majority of blitzes come from, uh, you're leaving space for a tight end if he can get into to, to an open space there. And, and that's that's a problem for you. So, and, and it's not – you can't just think of Pitts as a tight end because he, he splits out wide, he plays a little H-back. They move him around so teams have a hard time sort of scheming for him. But, you know, it, it's – I think what this game comes down to defensively for Tennessee, and I mean this with an appropriate amount of respect for the fact that I think Jeremy Pruitt and Derek Ansley are both fantastic defensive coaches. Yes, I said that. Not good, not great. Elite, fantastic football coaches on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I think a lot of those guys, their defensive acumen, and I think if you ask people across the country, they'll tell you the exact same thing. So um, with all due respect to those guys, the best defense Tennessee can have in this game is uh, putting points on the board on the other side because I don't care how well – to me, this is sort of similar to what we said going into the Alabama game. You, No matter how well you defend Florida – over the course of 60 minutes, Florida's going to put points on the board. Florida's probably going to put 30, 35 at least points on the board, no matter how well you defend them. Um, That's just sort of what they do. Uh, They're that good. They have that many options. They have that many places they can take the ball. If they just need to run it, they can do that. Um, Trask makes the right decisions with the ball, puts it in the right places. They're efficient. They do what they do. So if you're Tennessee – you cannot, and we've—I don't want to belabor this point, Pat, because we've we've mentioned this a lot. Um, but you cannot go into this game trying to manage it offensively for Tennessee. You just can't do that. Uh, I don't care who's starting. I don't care if it's Bailey's first career start. I don't care if Garantano makes another, you know, Kane moment kind of popping out of the of the coffin there, and he's out there playing ball. I, I don't know what it's going to be yet, uh, and I don't think Pruitt's going to tell us until. I think that's seven. the Undertaker, not Kane. Oh, that's right. Kane's the mayor. Your, Kane's the your- mayor here. No Sorry. politics in the podcast, Wes. I, I was looking at my Twitter feed, and he was tweeting about something with COVID earlier, and I was it got my attention. Um, but you, you know, no he, politics. Keep COVID in the COVID thread, please. <laughs> that's true. Oh my God, that's so true. But you know, you look at it. I don't care who's playing quarterback. You have got 
to put points on the board. You have got to be explosive. You have got to find ways to generate offense. And if you're Tennessee, that's tough because you're not making a lot of big plays. So if you're not making a lot of big plays, you better not have penalties because if you don't make a lot of big plays and you're not explosive, you got to stay ahead of schedule. So I understand where Tennessee's coming from with trying to avoid these third and long situations because when they get there, um, that's that's been some trouble. So I, I understand why they are doing some of the things they're doing, but it flat out will not work in this game. You have got to take chances. If the other team makes plays, the other team makes plays. Um, but here's what I would do if I were Tennessee. Pat, I agree with 99 0.9% of what you said in the first segment when I said leave nothing when you said leave nothing on the table for this game. There might be one or two wrinkles that I would save for Vanderbilt just to make sure if that's a low-scoring defensive slugfest of a game and you know the consequences of losing that game. I think you have to save just a couple of things for that game um, because you need to win that game. But everything else should be on the table in this game. Uh, 99% of what you have offensively should be on the table in this game. You should be able to, any kind of trick play you got, any kind of a, a new formation that you've been waiting to, to go out there, you've had three open dates in the past five weeks. You've had some guys out, but you've also had a lot of time with guys, at the very least in Zoom meetings, but, but a lot of guys out there on the practice field, getting them in walkthrough situations, getting them to understand some of these concepts. You've got to throw some things. Just take a handful of spaghetti and throw it against the wall and see what sticks if you're Tennessee in this game. Because what you can't do is try to sit there and manage it and eat clock and think that Florida will make a mistake or two and you'll be right there in the game. They're going to score points, a lot of them probably. Now the good news there, Pat, is that we mentioned earlier, Florida is not great defensively. Alabama we, we talked about early in the season that Alabama's defense wasn't quite looking like Alabama's defense. Well, they're getting better on that side of the ball. They are certainly better defensively than Florida is. But offensively, you know, pick your poison, whichever one of those teams you're facing. They're both absolutely ridiculous offensively. So if you have – you should have more chances to make plays against this defense than you did against Alabama. And if you remember, against Alabama, Tennessee did have some chances to make plays and it just didn't make them. So they should have a chance to score some points in this game, right? Well, the, the counter the counter to your argument is that, you know, for half Kentucky's game plan of slowing the game down is, you know, it worked, right? Yeah, and what I was saying is it won't work for 60 minutes. At some point the well, dam will burst. My, if, if you don't, you know, give away, you know, and do it all with some bad clock management there at the end of half and a bad punt, right? I mean. Do you trust Tennessee to not do that? Well, no, but I mean. But you're still playing the percentages. I get it. The, the you know Kyle Pitts and Kyle Trask can't score touchdowns if they're on the sideline, right? Yeah. So you have to try to limit possessions. To me, uh, Tennessee's run the ball well um, in spurts. I thought they ran the ball really well in the second half against Auburn. They ran it well in the first half against Arkansas. Um, and, and if they can continue to do that, then you know I'm not saying never throw a pass, but I'm saying you know you, you know if you can hold the ball and, and Hold the ball for 20 minutes in the first half. Do that and see where it goes. You know, if you have to open it up and uh, go with some tempo, maybe do it in the second half. But, uh, you know, has anybody really stopped Florida this year? I mean, I think Florida stopped itself for, for quarters and so, halves of I time. Mean, it's like, nobody's actually you know, probably done that. So, you know, do you, do you trust your defense to do it? If you don't, then try to keep that defense on the sideline and kind of try to keep Kyle Trask over there in a headset warming up 
you know, throwing warm up passes. That's just, that seems to me like the best way. Um, that and hope that the snow that's falling outside my window right now continues to happen. I don't think it's supposed to snow on on Saturday, but yeah, I might flurry a little bit in the morning, but nothing big. But uh, you know, uh, you know, the Kentucky. I thought it really, you know, the blueprint to stay in that game for as long as possible worked for a, for a half, and then it all came undone. But um, and even Kentucky's first drive, you know, they were in field goal range and then ended up getting, I think, back out of field goal range. So you have to take advantage of your scoring opportunities. As you mentioned, you're, you're going to be able to score points. But um, I don't think you, if you're Tennessee, you can't beat Florida at its own game. You can't try to, you know, you, you can't try to score 50 points in this game because if you try to score 50 points, you'll probably give up a lot more than you no, than but you allow. But I'll say this. There are, score, so. there are 127 teams that have played at least one game uh, in NCAA one, uh, Division One FBS this season. Uh, Florida is ranked 127th in punts per game. Florida averages less than two punts per game. So my, my point is, yes, if, if you you want to limit possessions, that's that's totally fine. But still, just about every time Florida's getting the ball, Florida also has a great kicker because why not? Of course it does. You know, you're probably looking at points on the board just about every time Florida touches the ball, whether it's a field goal, whether it's um, a touchdown. They they punt the ball less than one time per half. So just about every time you get the ball, you need to be planning on doing something with it. Now, if that takes you eight minutes, that's fine. If it takes you one minute, that's fine. But you have got to put points on the board because you're playing a catch-up game here, um, and every time Florida touches the ball, you expect to give up some points. So you can't let the thing get away from you because if Tennessee, if this thing gets to two or three scores in the first half, what do we know about Tennessee? That, 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 that's just bad news. If the game stays close, okay, then maybe Tennessee will make some self-destructive play in the second half at some point that will make it bad. But this has been a pretty good first-half team most of the season, right? Um, I, I think that you'd have to look at a couple games where maybe they could have played a little better in the first half. But in general, uh, this has been a pretty good first-half team. So keep doing what you're doing. You can score against this team. I think you can. You got to keep it. You have to keep on the, on the pedal, though. Because just about every time you punt, you're looking at a net loss in, in points in this game. That's just my opinion. I mean, I, I get that you have to do what you can do uh, and, and don't try to get out of what you do. But you got to try some stuff, right? I mean, I said this before, Pat. Even in that Arkansas game, Arkansas uh, when it, it was having a really hard time against Tennessee there for a few quarters doing anything. Because for three quarters, it really couldn't do anything offensively. It had that possession where you could have sent it to Benny Hill music, right? You, you had two or three plays that just gadget stuff did not work. But at least they were trying. I mean, they were trying to do something. Uh, that, that's what I'm saying. I think people want to see Tennessee try something. I think people want to see, okay, you're not just, you're not just sitting there and taking it. I guess is what I'm saying. Well, they might get something new and if, if Harrison Bailey starts, so they can, you know, there's your new right there. Just run but the same course, stuff, but with him as quarterback, maybe. Well, I mean, but, but if, you know, if they have him hand the ball off fifty times and you know, and it doesn't work, then then they'll say, well, why, you know, what, you know, why, why'd you go into a shell? I mean, I, you know, like I said, you, you have to take some chances in this game, but more importantly, you have to capitalize on those chances. If you're only going to throw the ball down the field four times, uh, but you hit on all four of them for touchdowns, then you know, being conservative and picking your spots is the way to go. So, um, and, and there were moments in the Auburn game where Tennessee took shots and it didn't necessarily, uh, you know, they took that shot to uh, Palmer right before the pick six and he didn't come up with the play. That was a big play in the game. Turned out to be should, should have caught that ball. Uh, important. The ball went right off his hands. It would have been a tough catch. But we've seen Palmer make tougher catches than that. Um, and then they tried to take another shot and that was the play that was the pick six. You know, 
it wasn't there. Sometimes you're going to try to, sometimes you're going to draw shot plays and they're not there. The key is to make sure that those bad plays don't become disastrous plays. Yep. Um, and we've seen Tennessee, you know, they, they've obviously had their fair share of disastrous plays. Even if you eat a sack there, you're still in field goal range. Easily. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't, you know, uh, and sometimes, you know, like I said, sometimes throwing the ball away is a good decision. And sometimes in this game, um, you know, like, like you mentioned, you can't just give Florida the ball because they're probably going to score with it. So, uh, you know, and, and, you know, if you can avoid giving them the ball, then you, then you have a shot. So, uh, but I think Florida's defense is – Which you know, to me I, would impact – I don't want to interrupt you, but but to me it would impact the fourth down game plan. I think you need to be aggressive on fourth down in this game because if you know they're probably going to score, um, I think you got to be aggressive on fourth down when you can't be. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's – you know, yeah, and Tennessee's been aggressive on fourth down I think a lot of the season. So, uh, you know, that's uh, – I think you need to keep that up. And, and you're you're seeing that a lot in college football now. A lot of teams are, are sort of – I don't say playing the analytics, but uh, being aggressive and going forward on fourth, you know, in fourth down yeah. situations and whatnot. So, um, if you're Tennessee, you need to, you know, again, you need to pick your spots. You can't just, uh, you can't just throw caution to the wind every time and, and you know expect to beat Florida. Yeah, you can't go um, Leroy you, Jenkins. You have to pick your spots, um, and, and you have to, yeah, Leroy Jenkins is a good good idea. That that's a good reference. If, if you don't, you know, you have to pick your spots about when you. Um, about when you take those chances and take those shots, you know, uh, you know, we see it sometimes after turnovers, you know, the Alabama game, everybody's wondering why they didn't take a shot after uh, on, on third downs. Cause well, Alabama had two deep safeties and that was a perfect front to run the ball into. They ran it into and didn't block it. Well, uh, you know, it, it's, it's not as simple as just, you know, we're going hell, you know, I'll break, you know, we're, we're throwing caution to the wind and, and damn the torpedoes. Know. Yeah, all that. Uh, I mean, it's not – you can't just do that. You have to have some things mixed into your game plan. You have to, uh, you know, have some trick plays available. But, you again, you have to call them in the right moments. You have to call – you have to decide uh, what's a good moment to go with a fourth down. You know, if you're doing it at your own 40, you have to know the, the time of the game and the score. The same thing at the end of the half. Uh, you know, people were mad that Tennessee wasn't more aggressive in that situation. Auburn still had timeouts left, right? Mm-hmm. So if you, you know, you throw a bunch of incomplete passes left, you're punting the ball back to Auburn with a minute left. They have timeouts left and a good kicker who can hit it from 55. Was, so, the, was the, the the Kentucky game that had a similar situation? Well, in the Kentucky game, they they tried a deep shot, right? They tried a, a they ran in first down. They took a shot on second down. It didn't work out. So Kentucky had timeouts left. So they, uh, I think they ran the ball and made Kentucky use the timeout uh, and and punted. So and and that Pruitt is always sort of kind of towed the line there he's not always been gung-ho at the end of the half you know especially with the way the quarterback was playing at that point yeah he's not predictable Um, in those situations so uh you know he definitely goes by feel in those moments but yeah he he definitely goes by instinct on what he thinks the game is doing but if but if you're you know if you cross midfield and you want to go for on fourth town you know i think if it's fourth and six that's one thing but it's fourth and two i think you can go for it but like i said it's Tennessee has to manage this game a certain way. And if they can, you know, they just have to stay in the game for as long as they can get the game to the fourth quarter. Never know. At that point, if you get the game to the fourth quarter and it's tied or Florida's up seven, then you put the pressure on them because they're the team that's supposed to win. They're the team that's got all of the stakes riding on it. They're the team that would hypothetically feel the pressure of, uh, of maybe, you know, maybe they go into the game, not expecting it to be a four quarter battle. Maybe like you said, they, they're like Tennessee's like, Oh, that'll be an easy and, win. And, and, then, and playing in weather they're not used to, and they don't like. So, I mean, yeah. So you have to get this game as, uh, as deep into the game as you can. 
And I think you do that by running the football. I think you do that by, you know, forcing some turnovers. I think defensively Tennessee isn't great, but if you can come up with a turnover, if you can come up with some stops in the red zone, like we saw against Auburn, um, you know, then, then maybe you could play a little bend, don't break. Um, but, you know, they just have to find a way on defense. You know, if you get a third and nine, you have to get off the field, bottom line. You, you can't, you know, you can't be giving up 50% on, on third down in this game or, you know, and Florida's been pretty good on third down because they have a really good quarterback. So uh, Kentucky, I thought against Florida, did a great job of managing that game for the first 28 minutes. Yep. Uh, everything they did, they got a couple stops. They played zone. They were able to get Fluster Trask a little bit with four, rushing four. They were able to keep everything in front of them, make tackles, you know, short of the sticks and um, and run the ball and, and chew up clock. And then it kind of all went out the window. And so if you're Tennessee, I think you have to go in with the game plan of we're going to try to run the ball and, and keep the ball away from Florida's offense. Um, but you also have to have some of those shot plays and, and some of those play action chances and some of those uh, those things that you can create big plays to give you a chance to, to get some ch- you know cheap yards and cheap points. Because you, like you said, you are going to have to score. But if you play ball control, then maybe you have to only score 30 points as opposed to 40. Well, the last thing I'll say is that if, you know, the way Kentucky plays, it's so tough to have everything go right. You know, Tennessee has a at least a bit more. Ideally, it would be a lot more, but at least a bit more vertical threat than Kentucky does. Kentucky just is not good at the whole forward pass thing. That that's not what Kentucky is built to do, really. Kentucky throws some play action, short stuff, things like that. It doesn't take a lot of big shots. Um, and the way Kentucky played that game against Florida, my concern with it was the second that things started going wrong. It's like the dam burst because you're doing everything you can to contain it, contain it, contain it, contain it. And you're basically playing a way that says, if we make almost zero mistakes, we have a chance in this game. Uh, but the thing is, as soon as Florida kind of got out of that cage and started running, started roaming free a little bit, the game was done because Kentucky had, you know, they, they clearly had a plan. They felt good about it. Everything was going okay. Then, boom, the punt happens. Uh, and, and then all of a sudden it's just like, well, there goes that. And, you know, that's what I'm, what I'm saying is if you're Tennessee, you've got to have in your mind a knowledge that something like that's going to happen at some point, and you've got to be able to have plays to overcome that. You've got to have big play capability because you can't just sort of – you know, three yards in cloud of dust this game. Because what happens when you do that is the second that that stops working, you have no chance. And and that's the position I think Tennessee has got to avoid in this game. Because you do want to contain it. You do want to keep it close. um, But you need to have a plan B. Tennessee, so many times this season, we have seen this. There has not been a plan B or there has not been at least a good plan B. Uh, And we've seen that against Arkansas. Uh, We've seen that different times this season. Kentucky. Uh, you know, when, when things start going the way they didn't expect, they kind of get deer in the headlights and they don't change. And, and, and that's, that's what leads to, to problems. You just can't, you can't do that. You, you know, manage is kind of a, a big blanket term that can mean a lot of different things, but I just don't think you can expect to kind of grind this out. I think at some point you're going to have to bust out and make some plays um, and you're going to have to try to, and if you try to, and you don't, that happens. Pat, you got anything else uh, going on? Anything, uh, anything that we did not discuss that you want to? Mm, no, I think we're good. 
I think we're good, man. Appreciate. We the should time. mention. Did you mention the the awesome sale we're having right now? Yeah, I did. Coming out of the second, coming out of the break. There. I think you should mention again for the peoples. I'm gonna do it. Seventy five percent off right now, guys. Seventy five percent off of an annual. And this runs through Tuesday. Yes. So we're making it Cyber Tuesday. That's right. It's I said it cool like that. I'm really glad you brought that up because I forgot that. And earlier I said it in Monday. So that is dynamite drop in pat that actually Boom. ends tuesday not monday boom i did something good for once actually oh you I do all, believe it you all you did all kinds of good stuff go out on that i note, know some man. people think i suck wes i don't know well i mean you know a lot but of they're terrible and wrong so if you if i if i live my life by letting the people who think i suck get to me i would be a miserable human being because there are a lot of those people out there so what are you gonna do man it's part of the job right end on the high note man drop the mic not not literally but sort of metaphorically drop the mic here Boom, drop the mic. There we go. Peace out. Everybody stay warm and out of the snow. There we go. That's a good place to end it. Thanks, Pat. If I could hit the button. Golly. Good transition, Wes. Great job. Dynamite job, podcast host. Guys, thanks for tuning in as always. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. And Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. If you want Just Tennessee news, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals 24-7. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals 24-7 where we have all kinds of good stuff there throughout the day. But if you want that delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water, just right from the tap like the snow that's falling on the smokies today that turns into the water that gives us all these beautiful lakes and rivers i think that's geography i'm pretty bad at it sometimes but i think that's how it works and if you want that we'll give you the best site on all of al gore's internets to get tennessee football news football recruiting news basketball news basketball recruiting news baseball news they just signed another great class big things going on there lady vol sports with marie cornelius all kinds of good stuff. The best, the best website on all of Al Gore's internets for Tennessee athletics is GoVols247.com, where even if you pay us full price, that's less than one mediocre lunch per month. But right now, guys, we are offering a sale until the end of Tuesday, 75% off of an annual subscription. That is a ridiculous, ridiculous rate. It's a ridiculous rate. One of the best we've ever done. Maybe the best we've ever done. Go take advantage of that right now. If you're looking for a holiday gift for a Tennessee fan in your life, that is a perfect gift because we don't know what's going to happen with the world, right? We're waiting on the vaccine to come out. You know, you can't go to a lot of games these days. Things are on the move. Things are always changing. Why not go to a safe digital environment where you can converse with Tennessee fans all across the world about things all the time and get the freshest news possible, like certified USDA organic fresh, like the Rucker Farm beef fresh right there at GoVols247.com. Got a couple of message boards on there, too. The, they got the checkerboard. Got the summit for women's sports. All kinds of good stuff throughout the day. All kinds of fun discussion. No politics, no religion, but anything else goes. And if you pay us full price, which is, again, less than one mediocre lunch per month, you get access in perpetuity to CBS All Access. As long as you pay us full price, we'll give you a $100 plus annual value every single year for free. That's everything in the CBS catalog, every show ever made, commercial-free, new movies every single month. Um, You got live sports, including Tennessee sports. Got Vols basketball, Vols football, college football, NFL football, March Madness, NCAA basketball, UEFA Champions League, UEFA Europa League, World Series of Poker, exclusive podcast stuff, everything. And on top of that, if that wasn't enough, and it would be, you still get, on top of that, Comedy Central Archive, 
You get MTV and BET archives. You get um, Nickelodeon archives for the kids, and you get Smithsonian. You get all of that at GoVols247.com. Sign us up. Sign up for us. If I can say that right. Pay us full price. Get that. Great deal. Great deal. If nothing else, guys, you should hear from us on Thursday at the latest, maybe before that, but definitely by Thursday. Until then, wear your mask. Wash your freaking hands. We're in this together. Let's get through it. We're so close. See y'all. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.